It's great to be with you on the Ready to Go podcast. I'm your host, John Christensen, and I'm joined again by Pastor Dave Gibson. This week, we're going to talk about responding to the disillusioned skeptic. Maybe you've been talking with someone, and the moment religion comes up in the conversation, they immediately shut down. Or even more extreme, maybe you made a comment about church or faith, and they respond in disgust. Maybe they've been hurt by the church. Maybe they simply view religion as inhibiting progress. Whatever the reason, individuals who are antagonistic toward the faith can be some of the most intimidating people to engage with. Yet it doesn't have to be that way. And we hope that after this episode, you'll find that their revulsion can actually be an open door to the gospel. And so, Dave, would you share with us how Christians can turn these opportunities into gospel conversations? Happy to, John. So good to be with you again today. Um, I think so much of our how we respond to people, we really need to be led by the Holy Spirit and be prayed up every day, uh, seeking for those natural opportunities to share Christ and uh, to ask the Lord to give us wisdom and sensitivity to other people. Uh, Jesus always met people at points of interest, points of need. He was the great question asker. Uh, he would inquire of people, I think, in the Gospels, uh, over 300 times Jesus used questions. And I think that's a great way to deal with people, especially if you're dealing with people that are a little bit obstinate or uh, contrarian or for whatever reason, it's a difficult conversation. Uh, I, I always like to begin by getting to know their story and find out where they're coming from. If you're trying to get directions to uh, Grace Church and and you want to know how to get there, the first question I have to ask you is, where are you calling from? And I'm going to try to get you to the final destination. So we need to really get inside of people's lives, get to know what their thoughts are, their hurts, their concerns, and get to know a little bit about their life and build redemptive bridges and earn some, earn the right to be heard. I was on an airplane uh, some years ago, uh, and before I get on the plane, I always pray, Lord, uh, whoever, whoever you want me to sit next to today, I Pray that it'll be in some way a, d- a divine appointment, that you'd give me a natural opportunity to share Christ. Well, I, I was blessed that particular day. I got a complimentary upgrade. I fly a lot, so every once in a while I get bumped up to business class. I don't buy business class, but uh, I'm, I'm always blessed when I have enough flight privilege to uh, be able to sit up there. And I was sitting next to this guy named Jeff, Really an interesting guy. He had a couple of scotches on the rocks before we took off, and uh, so it kind of loosened up the conversation. I didn't participate with him, but uh, we got to talking, and I started to get, unpack his story. Uh, he's from Wyoming. I had three yellow labs, a, a wife, a 40-acre ranch, and a probing in, just getting to know his background a little bit. He was heading down to Naples. We were flying down to Fort Myers, and I spent about an hour just getting to know him. And uh, he was working on a $16 million project down in Naples. He was an architect working on really high-end projects. Knew Al Michaels and Dan Deerdorf, a couple of guys that were on Monday Night Football. He loved sports. So we kind of connected on the sports front. And it seemed like we had some pretty good, good common ground, common uh, uh, interests. Uh, no kids. And... Uh, and I, I just, I was moving the conversation. I always try to move it from the familiar to the unfamiliar, the secular to the spiritual, and the natural to what might be a little less natural to talk about spiritual things. So I, 
I got down to a little bit about his background, and then I asked him a question. I said, Jeff, do you go to church? I thought maybe he and his wife might go to some type of church, has uh, some kind of religious background. And he snapped at me, which really took me off guard, quite frankly. And he says, I'm an atheist. And I said, well, I was so, he said it pretty abruptly too. And I said, well, Jeff, how do you really feel about that? (laughs) He was pretty animated. And I, you know, it's amazing how the Lord says, don't be anxious in the hour of need when you're delivered up what to say, but the Holy Spirit will give you the words to say. And the Lord just immediately put in my mind, ask him a question. So I said, well, Jeff, how, how did you come to that conclusion? I'm just curious. And he just clenched his jaw and as he shared with me how he's just totally disillusioned with organized religion. He says, all of the stuff that's going on in the world today, people killing each other in the name of God and and I, he grew up in a legalistic home, and he says, they're all hypocrites. Every one of them's a hypocrite. I said, you know, Jeff, I can't totally disagree with you, but I don't totally agree with you either. But, uh, you know, you might find it interesting that I, you and I have a lot in common. So I always try to find a common connecting point, and I said, and besides that, I think you and Jesus have a lot in common. He says, well, what do you mean by that? And I said, well, have you ever heard of the seven woes? And I knew he hadn't because most Christians haven't even, aren't familiar with the seven woes. But I said, in Matthew 23, Jesus had an encounter with religious leaders. And seven times he said, woe to you, you scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites. He called them hypocrites. And uh, he described them as whitewashed tombs. Outwardly they look good. Inwardly they are like dead men's bones and called him a brood of vipers one time. And another passage of Scripture even said, your father's the devil. I said, he didn't win any popularity contests with the religious leaders of the day. In fact, uh, none of them were his closest followers. And I said, you know, his closest followers, Jesus' followers were tax collectors, fishermen, farmers, architects, people like you and me, common, ordinary people. And uh, I said, I, I can really relate to what you're feeling there about this hypocrisy issue, Jeff. I, I grew up in the church, really disillusioned with the church and organized religion. And uh, I saw the inconsistencies and in what I thought was hypocrisy of many in the church, too. But, you know, uh, I started to get my eyes off of religion, and I started to look at Jesus. And uh, I started to examine him. Jesus' life and his ministry. And someone shared with me a message that changed my life, and it's how to not be religious, because religion never got anybody to heaven, but it's how to have a relationship with the living God through his son, Jesus Christ. And uh, we got to talking a little bit there. He says, you know, Dave, he, he, he simmered down a little bit. He said, I, I really like you. Uh, he said, I, I guess I don't have as big a problem with Jesus, as I do organize religion. I said, you know, Jeff, that's a great place to start. And he said, I like you. I really like this conversation. He says, normally if a person would talk to me about religion, I'd punch them in the mouth. <laughs> I said, well, that's good to hear. And I'm glad I still had my teeth in place after we engaged in this conversation. So, you know, I didn't, uh, Jeff never came to Christ that day. But I was able to share my testimony and briefly present the gospel. I always carry a little my story track with me. And he said, could I have that? And I said, no. Obviously, I said, yes. So I gave him my story. He tucked it in his briefcase. 
He probably moved from a minus 10 to maybe a minus 9 on the Engel scale. And we talk about evangelism being a process and God being responsible for the results. And uh, I left there having a friend and uh, trying to build a redemptive bridge with a guy who was really, really hostile to the gospel. gospel. I think asking questions and uh, meeting people right where they are and identifying with them, build that redemptive bridge from your heart to their heart that Jesus could potentially walk across and touch their lives. So that was a, a great experience. Uh, asking questions is always a good approach. And uh, Jesus always did that. You can trace it through the Gospels. And uh, pray for Jeff. I'm hopeful that someday I'll see him in, in glory. He didn't come to Christ that day, but one plants, another waters. And it's the Lord who brings forth the increase, so that he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but it's God who makes it grow. Amen. I love that, Dave. And I, I think that question of how did you come to that conclusion is so important to help them open up. And then you hear their story. And then uh, I just love that line of uh, you have a lot in common with Jesus. What a disarming statement. And I think it's so good then to really point people away from organized religion to the relationship with Christ and from the imperfect church to the perfect Savior. And I just love that, uh, love that uh, opportunity to do that with people who are disillusioned with organized religion. And yeah, we got to pray for Jeff. Maybe we'll see him someday in heaven. Mm-hmm. And the challenge this week uh, for uh, all those who are listening is to engage people on the topic of Christianity. Uh, asking a non-believer this week, what are the top three words that come to mind when you hear the word Christian and why? And being genuine and making sure they know that you want an honest answer as you're exploring what others think about Christianity. And you might hear some people who are favorable towards it. You may hear some people who are antagonistic towards it. But beginning to engage people on the topic of Christianity in order to ultimately point them away from organized religion and to the person of Jesus Christ. And so that's the challenge this week, to ask people what they think of Christianity. And who knows, maybe it'll end up in a gospel conversation. Next week, we'll be covering the SHARE process. That's another acronym, S-H-A-R-E. How to move a conversation from the secular to the eternal. And it's a tool that can be used in two minutes or over the course of years. But it's vital for moving every conversation deeper and ultimately toward the gospel. So may God grant us grace this week to be lights in a fallen world. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go.